Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. What's going on with you? Oh, uh, you know, hanging in there. Uh, you know, it's uh, as, as we've been saying, things are heating up in the, the music biz here. It's, uh, you know, normally would be uh, jazz fest time. You can, you can feel the, the buzz in the air, even though the festival isn't going on. Seems like there's tons of gigs everywhere. Uh, all the, the fans are, are looking for, uh, for venues, looking for, uh, for bands to see. I was walking around in my neighborhood this past weekend. They had uh, several uh, people playing off their porches. Good bands, too, just, uh, just within walking distance. But, uh, yeah, well, that's great. Good for them. Is that going on in your neighborhood? I'd imagine <laughs> you're, you're so close to, uh, to uh, the fairgrounds there. Yeah, you know, in fact, I'm, gl- I'm gl- glad you brought that up because, okay. you know, everyone, you know, people are so stupid and stuff. They actually <laughs> thought, you know, they were trying to bring it back, trying to relive it because this was supposed to be, this past weekend was supposed to be the first weekend of Jazz Fest. Uh-huh. So people were like actually making, you know, making uh, like walks to the fairgrounds, like they were actually going like somewhere. Like a pilgrimage, uh-huh. Yeah, like a pilgrimage <laughs> to the fairgrounds. But I thought what I did was, because I wanted to get in because there was tons of these porch concerts going on, because, you know, they, uh, the more they try to make it normal, the more they make themselves upset and miss it, you know. Um, so I, uh, I had a porch concert. Huh. Um, and I had a uh, really good band that I love, a New Orleans band. It, um, they're called Crowbar. Hmm. They're a metal band that I had on my porch, oh. and they played, and uh, it didn't really go too well. People hated them because, you know, I was trying to bring a little music to the neighborhood, and I, I guess because it wasn't like New Orleans roots music or a brass band or something like that. Right. You know, it, it was looked upon as, uh, you know, not good, huh. you know, and, you know, so I, I was very upset with that. You know, I just, you know, they're a band I like and, uh, they played and, uh, uh, they, you know, people called the cops on us and all that kind of stuff. Really? Oh, man, I, was but, I, mean, but I mean, if it was, if it was someone like uh, Lynn Drury or, you know, or Alex McMurray, they wouldn't have done a thing. But since it was crowbar, they had to, you know, shut it down. Hmm, I've heard the name Crowbar. I'm not familiar with the band. Oh, though. they're a good metal band here in New Orleans. Hmm, I didn't man. really think you were into metal, Manny. But uh, oh, hell yeah, man, love metal. I've loved metal since I love punk rock, man. Huh. And now that you know, me and Wadzilla, our friend, he uh, he's turned me on to a lot of good metal that I didn't even know about. Okay, you're back being friends with Wadzilla because I know you guys had a falling out for a little bit over uh, his his positive COVID. Uh, uh, test but i guess you've... i don't remember that at okay, all. okay well good good, good. Um, uh, <laughs> so you had surgery today uh yeah a little bit of oral surgery but uh what does that mean oral surgery well you know where they they cut on your mouth <laughs> on the inside uh so you know i got a few stitches there and uh why were they cutting on your mouth well, inside to... your mouth yeah 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 you know it's involving my you had like a root canal or yeah, something not, not quite that but uh you know it was uh it's, it's related to all that um i don't want to 
get into any grisly details, but uh, but uh, yeah, well, you know, why not? I'd like to hear a little bit. Well, I don't, I don't think that. the troubled listeners want to want to hear uh, the, the. If the, they're troubled, they would love to hear. They're concerned about yeah, you. you know, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of into the gore too. So let's hear yeah, about. Yeah, come on, no, Amy I wants. I don't, to I don't know. think I really want to. Again, uh, that was that was something I mentioned to you off air, man. I, I, but uh, I wasn't <laughs> planning on bringing that up on the podcast. But that's fine. But but uh, suffice it to say that I'm. Um, uh, I actually fell asleep a, a few hours earlier because I, I didn't sleep so great last night. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so because you, you were scared of the oral surgery. Well, you know, I was I was uh, anxious, so I woke up several times during the night, and the, the whole thing started very early this morning. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, a little bit fatigued, but uh, you know, this was the one time when our, our guest could could do this. I know she had to. Uh, had to go to great lengths to make this happen as well. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, you know, be the one to let the side down. That's uh, not entirely true anymore, but. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into all that one in, in, in a few minutes. So, uh, so, so crowbar and on the, on the porch. Okay. So it didn't go well. So how's the rest of your week, uh, been going? Oh, it's fine. It's, it's, it's okay. I, uh, I, um, I uh, I was watching a lot of news lately. And, okay. And I saw that uh you know they had that uh, uh uh disaster in the Gulf. You know that boat that capsized right, or something. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, lost it. Still, you know, it's funny because some lift boat they call it. Right. I'm not sure what that is, well, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and no one seems to give a straight answer to what a lift boat is. I even watched the news and the anchor woman was saying, well, can you tell us what a lift boat is? And the guy didn't really give a straight answer. So I don't know what a lift boat is, but they're mm-hmm. out in the Gulf and they, they work near the oil refineries and mm-hmm. all that. And, you know, these just, there's, there was like 12 people or 15 people, four were rescued, six are dead, six are still missing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, everyone's so excited because uh, the Cajun Navy has uh, decided they're going to start looking for these people. Yeah. And I thought to myself, oh, great, the Cajun Navy, that, that'll, that'll really help. You know, these guys, you know, they, they have a keg of beer on their <laughs> boat. You know, you know, it's like they're not going to find anything. But Well, at, at this point, it's uh, it's not it's it's just a recovery mission, right? I mean, obviously, these, these poor souls are lost. They're just uh, looking for their remains. Yeah, well, they should just let it. They're, they're sharp dinners, man. Oh. You know, but just like all the stuff, you know, that you know, like in Indonesia, everything seems to go missing in Indonesia. They lose submarines, they lose planes. Right. Uh, stay away from Indonesia. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's my advice to anyone because it's become like a Bermuda Triangle, Indonesia. Right. Right. You know? But just like uh, that flight seven oh seven, whatever that went down in in, in Indonesia. Uh, the lift boat here in the Gulf, I mean, uh, you know when they're going to find them is the last place they look. <laughs> that's the way I feel. You know, they'll find them. They'll find them. It's like your keys. The last that's, place. that's where you find your keys, too, right? The, the last place you look is where you find them. It's kind of the way looking for something actually works, generally. Okay, well, good. That's, that's, that's a, a ray of hope, I suppose. Um, so, uh, well, let's see. So I've, uh, I was telling you last week that, uh, you know, I, I, starting tomorrow I have, uh, I play 10 times in 12 days 
And actually, just this past weekend, I started off a preliminary. I had a recording session at the, the great Esplanade studio right there in your neighborhood. Beautiful studio. Uh, and uh, then... Who, who are you recording with? Uh, so the guy, I'm sure you don't know him. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's doesn't play around a whole lot. He's, uh, he's working on a, uh, a, a concept record, themed record, but he had, had a great... Uh, Great band in there. A couple of uh, Trouble Men podcast guests. The great Doug Below. Well, who was he? Who is he? Uh, well, you don't know him. I don't want to say his name because I'm not sure. If so he why do you bring it up if you don't want to say the guy's name? Well, I don't have to say a name, <laughs> man. I can tell you that I was doing something. I, you know, that, that without going into all the details, addresses, and phone numbers of all the the participants. But I'm, I'm telling you, well, Doug, I don't want that. I just say if he's a well, big shot celebrity, I think the nation would like to I'm hear saying that. He's not. He's he's more, more of a private <laughs> citizen uh, who's, who's who's working on. A, a project um but we oh, had that sounds uh, like a hell of a gig then well it was a great studio and it was uh it was a great band doug belot on drums and uh john Fole on guitar so it was uh and again a, a beautiful studio right there well, who's uh, this like your gardener who decided to make a record or no, something no 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 and he's a, he's a guy he has a regular job and he also plays music on the side and has put out you know recording has made recordings Is he paying before. you Yes, yes, it was a, it was a paying rec- paid recording session. Yes, absolutely. And uh, tomorrow I have uh, three days of recording, starting with I can tell you that person's uh, Sean Williams, uh, a, a kind of country alt country recording artist here in town. Never heard of. Him. Yeah, well, you know, you don't go out a lot, Manny, so it's it's that's that's understandable. But uh, so starting that again, Doug Garrison on drums. That'll be a, a good session, and then uh, then have have gigs this weekend, and and then next weekend. I mean, next week we have uh, you know Cinco de Mayo's next week, so that'll that'll be a big a big day next Wednesday. So looking forward to playing more, you know. And uh, I I'm not sure how long this 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 big rush of of gigs and and activity recording sessions will last. But uh, you know I'm I I stopped by a, a a place Carrollton Station, you know, has has had changed owners a couple of years ago, and it used to be a great uh, music venue. So I stopped by there and and spoke to him about you know he's going to be having bands back there again. I was saying, well, usually it gets so slow in the summer. He said, not this summer, man. It's it's going to be uh, it's it's, it's going to be be kicking this summer. So uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. Okay. Well, that's great. Man. That's <laughs> okay. great for you. Oh well, yeah, you know it's, it's uh, all about you, Renee. Well, no, Manny. It's uh, you know. clearly not all about me. It's uh, but this is uh, you know I I feel like I'm somewhat representative of uh, of the com- the musical community at large and and just uh, the New Orleans community at large and that uh, you know m- more people are. are able to go out more people are vaccinated actually had a a family birthday party where we were all there with no masks on everyone present had been vaccinated uh you know was at full immunity so that was nice it's uh you know over a year since all that happened and uh you know felt pretty uh pretty pretty uh safe and secure with that cool now you're you're still hunkered down you're 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 now you haven't had your second shot yet right so you're you're waiting on that no i had my second shot yesterday oh okay so uh uh, any any adverse reactions with that no 
good. Not good. really. Not not this time. Good. Not well, you know, you time. had the, all the reactions the first time, so maybe that was. Yeah, I did. I had a lot of bad reactions, but this time it was fine. Well, good. Good. Um, I just have a very, very. Um, um, I've had an erection for like twelve hours. Okay. So Let's, I don't know if that's an after thing from the shot, but I've had an erection. Might be. Might for be for twelve hours. And my wife's loving it. Well, I've heard know? that could be dangerous, but uh, and my wife and my mistress are both digging it. Okay, very you know? good. I'm wearing a trench coat though, and it's been kind of hot, so people yeah. are like freaked out a little bit about that. <laughs> right. But uh, and, you know, and I work at the big campus, and there's a lot of young girls there and mm-hmm. stuff, so that's I have to stay behind my desk. Okay. Okay. Well, you like to do that anyway, so uh, so nothing unusual there. All right. Help me out here, Manny. Meet me halfway. <laughs> okay. I mean, all right. Well, I still want to know what this surgery was. Well, That's man, what I'm uh, Again, I'm not going to go into the details of all of my medical care, but uh, again, it's, uh, I think, you know, that's some advice someone gave me is, is people don't want to hear about your, uh, your health concerns <laughs> and uh, something else I didn't want to hear about, but I, I do remember. I can't remember what the second thing was, but but that's one that I that I I do recall that I thought. Well, that as much as you might be, as much as the person who was uh, you know involved in it might be interested, other people are not really so interested. You know. You know, I've got some good news and some bad news. Okay, go on. So the good news is uh, uh, the ring room is is back up and going, man. It's a beautiful nice. thing. But the bad news is you won't be able to go there for at least a few months. Yeah, yeah, I figured that. It's uh, members yeah. only, huh? Still members only, uh, you know, you know, and that's it. That's the way it's going to be for a while. They're ta- you know, because they're uh, it's a it's a club, it's an athletic club, and they have to really take a lot of precaution. Sure. So they don't. Uh, so, but the, I'm going to start going. I'm going to think I'm going to start doing the show next week from the ring room. Okay, very. Just to have a little change of pace. Nice, you know? nice, nice. And you know, uh, uh, we didn't think it would take this long to uh, to to be getting this point, but. You know, at some point in the future, we will all be back in the ring room. So I, I, look I don't think that. so. But anyway, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. All right. So why don't you introduce our guest since you're so uh, talkative? Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so our guest is a, a terrific uh, singer, songwriter, uh, upright bass player, actor, recording artist. She's uh, married to a former guest of ours, and uh, get into all that. But without further ado, the great Miss Amy Levere. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan of the show. I'm so excited to be here. Wow, I like it. And you know, Amy's husband's watching a soap opera right now. He is. He's doing his favorite thing. Huh? He's laying on the couch. With a big, huge beer on his belly, and he's watching his favorite show. Actually, he has a very small poodle on his belly, and he, <laughs> but he is watching his favorite show. <laughs> oh, okay. He's gotten way into This Is Us. I don't know if you know the show, but for some reason, it's it touched his heart, and he can't he can't stop. Okay, I remember a, a former guest of ours mentioning that show, and they they described it as some kind of like tragedy porn or something. I, I can't recall, but, uh, that but, sounds about right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of, uh, emotionally racked, uh, human interaction. 
That's exactly Isn't right. Isn't there also like a, a, a romance between like two obese people? That That's, that's also true. Yeah. But I, I really think that Will just has this massive crush on Mandy Moore, and I think that's what keeps him hooked. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, so you got, are you guys in Memphis now? Yes, we're in Memphis. We were we were going to head to Austin today, but we decided to um, get up really, really early and go tomorrow. He has a session there tomorrow. Well, he's got to watch his show, so he didn't want to go today. <laughs> I also had to do this very important podcast this evening, so I wanted to make sure I had good Wi-Fi. Didn't want to risk some dump hotel on the way there. And so. sure. There you go. We appreciate the uh, the commitment, Amy. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. And uh, so how far a drive is that from Memphis to, uh, to Austin? Well, I usually just account for 11 hours. Gee whiz. It's pretty far, yeah. Oh, and, you, and you do all the driving in, in, in that operation, right? I do all the driving. Why is that? Well, um, first of all, to be really honest, I'm a nervous passenger and a control freak. So I, if someone else is driving, I just, I drive in my mind. I'm, I'm the one that's like breaking the air at my feet, you know, and I'm a nervous wreck. And, um, I also get super car sick if I'm trying to read or do anything, you know, to distract myself. See, so, I'm kind of the same way too, but I find if I sit in the back seat, it's not so bad. Hmm. Well, that would never happen. Yeah. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I must be driving in my mind if I'm not actually driving. No, I really actually I love driving. It's a meditative thing for me. And I, I, I have this little game where I just try to drive super elegantly. And um, I don't tailgate. I just do the speed limit. And I, I, I obey all the rules when I'm driving. When you say elegantly, what are you like the queen waving at people when you drive? No, I mean like like elegantly, like you won't be jerking around. No jerking around in my van. It's just going to be smooth sailing. I'm not going to scare you, and um, I'm going to make sure that I have three car lengths in front of me at all times. You know that kind of thing. Just nice. Yes. No. So you have no road rage whatsoever. Well, that's not entirely true, but no, I, no, no, nothing that I physically act out on, no. Do you, like, I mean, I have lots of roadways, especially in New Orleans, because people here don't know how to drive for shit. Uh, using a signal light doesn't is not, it's, it's non-existent here in this Yeah, city. not in Memphis either. Yeah, you know, people don't use a signal light, and, uh, and then the roads are so bad here. I mean, it's just horrible. Oh, man, you know, it's gotten worse all horrible. the time. You know, yeah, the so. bad drivers are really a thing here, too. And um, my grandfather always told me when I was learning to drive, he said, don't let them bluff you. That's what he always said. Yeah. Don't <laughs> let them bluff you. So he said, if they if they say they're going left, imagine that they're also going to go right. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's you know. very true. Well, you know, I remember when I was uh, in high school and I took, you know, they used to offer driver's ed in high school. And I took the... Uh, 10 hours watch in front of a simulator and then you had like six hours of actual driving. And I remember the guy, my teacher who also taught PE, you know, we were driving in this car and he just said, I'll never forget this. He just said, you know, he was like, come on, go (laughs) past these guys. Do it. (laughs) You know, what are you waiting for? (laughs) That kind of stuff. 
So, but I grew up in Los Angeles, where you have to be aggressive and stuff like that. Well, Amy, you know? speaking of of, uh, of uh, origins, uh, I was looking, uh, and and you we've spoken about this privately before that uh you said you moved 13 times uh by the time you were in high school with your family yeah it was actually it was 22 times but sometimes it was just back to the same places um but i did go to um 13 different schools holy cow now another guest of ours recent guest had this a similar kind of thing and i asked him i said was your family on the run so was was, (laughs) we all were you all in the lamb somehow well, when I was really young, my dad was an iron worker, so he was, you know, always, he was he actually... followed the work. Yeah, he just followed the work, and then he got a job working for a company that built automotive plants, so it was like a lot of time, a lot of, lot of trips to Detroit and then around Ohio and Toronto and Baltimore and kind of, you know, where all the, where all the cars are getting built. Right. He was right. building the plants to build the cars. Is that where you think you got your uh, uh, thing about driving and safe driving and wanting to drive, going to Detroit so much? Yeah, maybe, but probably more where I got my, my wanderlust. I mean, I love touring so much. I love traveling. And I, I've lived in Memphis now for 20 years, but I still, um, I still like to get the hell out of here from time to time. I love it, but I like to. Would you ever drive an electric car? Absolutely. Would you? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I would love an electric car. Yeah, me yeah. too. I mean, I drive this big old huge, you know, passenger van. I'd feel good about much better about it anyway if it was a electric van. Yeah. What I like are those vans like those Amazon drivers have where there's like hardly any windows. Ooh, I haven't kind seen of, one. I ex- oh, yeah, you got to see them. I mean, they're, they're really kind of cool. There are these, uh, and you can make them into passenger vans. Hmm, okay, but well, they hardly—they only have like a driver's side window and then two rear windows. Have you seen these, Renee? Yeah, these yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a transit van, but it's a—it's the uh, the the panel truck version of it. Yeah, that, but right? they have those same kind of vans, but they're passenger vans where there's like rows of seats. In right, them. right, right. Those are kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of a more modern style of van that that they're they're making these days. I think that's the kind of van a serial killer might want. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, wouldn't you want to be able to... I mean, I like all my windows. I kind of dig them. But is it like you can see in? But you, I mean, you can see out, but you can't see in kind of thing? Or is it... Something like that, yeah. No, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Abduction yeah. van. Well, Amy, getting back to uh, to your, your musical career. So in Detroit, is that when you first started playing in, in, in bands? Yeah, that's when I first started, you know, screaming and flailing my arms in bands. Uh-huh, and you started off in, in a punk rock band? Well, I, I, I called it a punk rock band, but that was sort of not giving the giving people credit to understand more. It was more of an art rock band. I mean, okay. we were... We were and we, and as a matter of fact, there were so many more than four chords in, in some of those songs and quick changes, and it was just, you know, jarring and disturbing and... and um, but it wasn't it wasn't really straightforward punk rock necessarily. Out of a post punk band. Now were you playing yeah. bass at that time? No, no, I just fronted the band. I just flailed my arms. Oh, okay. Now <laughs> Yeah, uh, I had this little, you know, sort of Robert Smith looking weird dance that I would do. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know, it was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. <laughs> when did you start playing bass? How did that happen? Um, well, I always could play a little tiny bit of guitar, just cowboy chords, because my mom played. My mom was a, you know, hippie 
closet songwriter, not professionally, but she, she wrote a bunch of songs, um, camp, you know, for the campfires and mm-hmm. the parties my parents would have. Um, so I, I knew how to play a little bit of guitar, but I moved to Nashville when I was 21. Um, and, um, I, I just sort of, I've started dating a guy that played upright bass actually and picked it up and it was, um, it came super natural to me. I was actually just making fun of this bass player named Jason Brown one night, pretty drunk and standing on it, the upright and I was slapping it, but I could, I pretty much figured out how to, you know, two beat and play country music just instantaneously. So I just kind of instantly became a bass player. Nice. And you have a very cool style. It's, it's, uh, it's a very rhythmic style. It's, it's not like, uh, I mean, you, you, you would, you would, characterize it as slap bass but it's not like maniacal rockabilly uh beating the shit out of the bass it's it's more of a you're kind of generate but you are generating like the drum part and the bass part at one time and but you you use it in a much more subdued way i would say you know you 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 have a very beautiful lilting voice and and then you know you're a tiny little girl and then you have the big giant acoustic bass and you know you do a lot of uh performances with with small group kind of things like you and will will go out as just a duo right yeah most most often these days it's will and i as a duo when we travel and that's that's uh, because it, initially it was because it was you know financially a lot it made a lot more sense for for us but then once we started doing it we realized we really kind of preferred it just being the two of us in the van and and what does will play will plays guitar Okay, and you play the bass. Mm-hmm. And there's no drummer, it's just the two of you. Uh, yeah, it's just the two of us, but like Renee was explaining it pretty pretty right. I, I use the bass pretty pretty percussively. Um, so we don't we miss the drummer because we love him a lot, but um, sonically it, it can care, hold its own for sure. So you miss the drummer as he died or something? No, we just can't always afford him and sometimes we don't oh. bring him. Okay. Right. But no, he's like of, he's like. If you my have best a van, friend. you could probably fit a drum kit in your van. Sometimes we fit a five-piece band in that van, but not not unless there's like a festival or something that warrants a, a big band. We don't we don't take them too often anymore. I miss them. So then, some at, at some point, you moved to Memphis. What brings you to Memphis? Well, this is you know it was crazy. There was this band here called the Mud Flaps, and this is you know mid nineties. Um, and they were just a, you know, straightforward rock and roll band. And they had this one song in particular that was like, woke up dead in a hotel room, $15,000 can't be spent. Wondering where the money went. I'm drinking wine and whiskey to cut the cocaine down. And I thought they were just the coolest thing in the whole world. And we would come from Nashville down here to see this band pretty regularly they had a weekly residency at this little dive bar called murphy's mm-hmm. renee did you know this band were you around in memphis when that band was around chris scott i i i i've, I've heard the name i'm not sure i ever saw them but uh, certainly i was at murphy's many times so uh. well it was just this they were just badass super high energy just rock and roll band and there wasn't right. anything like that happening in nashville i mean nothing and um so after coming down here seeing this band I was at, and there was no band culture in Nashville at the time either. It was right. like 
you know, a bunch of pickers trying to get session work and songwriters and stuff. And, and I mean, there were rockabilly bands and, you know, cause the Western swing rockabilly revival swing dancing thing was happening in Nashville pretty hard, but there were certainly not any rock bands that I was really familiar with. And, um, yeah. So anyway, I, the more I came to Memphis, the more I realized it suited my clothes, you know, and I just thought it's uh yeah. So I convinced the guy I was dating to take us back to Memphis. So I ended up here. You never know how uh, things are going to be connected. We had had this guest on sometime last year, Mike McCarthy from uh, Gorilla Monster Films, and and uh, he sent me links to a bunch of his films ahead of time. And I was watching this one about uh, you know he, he makes like <laughs> B movies, like monster movies, or, or like you know teenage. Uh, you know, made that teenage Tupelo movie, kind of a noir, uh, you know, 50s style B movie. But then he also makes some of these documentaries. And one of them was on uh, the trying to the preservation of Liberty Land amusement park in, in Memphis. And I'm watching the thing. And uh, and then suddenly you show up in the movie and then you're with these these girls that I've when I was playing with the Panther Burns were kind of in our orbit the uh, the White Twins Misty yes. and Christy White and you were <laughs> in a band with them now tell us about about that well you know so I moved, when I moved to Memphis I was living in this um, I, the first place I ever lived was just a summer rental it was like this woman she was an E Ross novelist who had gone on some summer adventure and rented out her house so we moved in there and while we were there this Sam porch cat that was there um, had six kittens in the closet. We'd been kind of petting this cat and we didn't know that it was going to, you know, we didn't even know it was pregnant. And anyway, so now this, the season is up and we've got to find a place to live. And I have six kittens that are nursing and it's like, try to find a place to live with six cats, you know? Right. And Misty uh, played this gig down at the map room and Misty was playing there. And that's when I met her, she was playing and, I was telling her my plight, so I immediately moved into the this big house that she managed that had just it was just full of artists. Uh, Greg Cart- Cartwright from the Raining Sound was living there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyway, and Christy lived in the downstairs part of it. So Misty and Christy and I got to be really good friends, and we started this band called the Zippin' Pippin' uh, right. that was named after Elvis's favorite ride at Liberty Land, uh, this all wood roller coaster. And then, yeah, flash forward to, you know, some years later, they're, they're closing her down. And it was just the sweetest little, you know, neighborhood amusement park. And I, I don't, I couldn't tell you what year it opened, but it had been there for, you know, 50 years, maybe more. Right. And so we started the Save Liberty Land thing and uh, Mike McCarthy started documenting it because it was in his neighborhood too. And every, we were all trying to save it. And um, then, of course, there was this other faction that was like preserve Liberty Land group, and then there was this crazy war of <laughs> these different between the faction. preservationists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there was like three of them at the end, and it was just like this, you know. Did war. you ever get those cats neutered? <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, I, I painted the house of a veterinarian who who paint who uh, fixed them for us. Oh, okay, nice. Good. Now, is yeah. is that how you? Uh, uh, how Jim Dickinson and, and and you got hooked up was it through through that at that time period? Um, no, actually, I mean I was super aware of Jim at that point. You know, Misty and Christy definitely introduced me to the labyrinth of of Memphis music, mm-hmm. and um, 
So I was I was very aware of him and certainly had been introduced to him and seen him play. But my first real introduction to Jim was through um, Paul Taylor, who played bass uh, with Jim's sons, Luther and Cody. So they had a band called DDT, which was Dickinson, Dickinson and Taylor, which was a which, you know, predated them starting the North Mississippi All-Stars. Right. Uh, so Paul and I were good friends, and um, Paul was really the one who sort of started bringing me around Jim, and Jim saw me play, and um, yeah, then I, just out of nowhere, Jim just started asking me if I'd play bass on gigs with him. So that my first introduction to Jim was just getting thrown on stage playing gigs with him. Okay. So I, I, I was really lucky to, and I, you know, there was never a rehearsal. I never knew any of the songs. I would just be, you know falling off the horse all over the place. And he just thought it was hysterical. He loved it. He loved that I sucked. He <laughs> thought it suited his music. You know, it was just, and I just held on for dear life and just enjoyed every minute of it. He liked the random element. He liked the, the, the element of, of surprise. and, and uh, Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but I learned a lot. Right, right. Well, well. so I know because he, he winds up producing your, your – uh, well, not your first record. Was it your first record? He, he it was my second a, record. A mentor for you, anyway. I yeah, I mean, it was just like very, very encouraging, and um, I mean, I just loved him to death. I really, really loved him to death. But yeah, he produced he produced my second record, and um, and right yeah. out of the box, your 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 solo records uh, are are highly acclaimed. You're the 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 critical community loves them. You, you, you come out kind of fully formed on, on that, that first record. And, and, uh, you know, you, you, you start, do you start touring, uh, all over the place after the first record? Yeah. The, well, the second record, yeah, the first record I started touring a little bit, but it was the second record where I finally, um, the label, you know, they started to underwrite the tours cause you know, as a shit band that nobody knows about, no, you can't really get people to come out to your gigs, you know, right. they don't know who you are. Um, so I was really fortunate that this little boutique label here, Archer Records, was kind enough to start underwriting the tours enough to where at least the band could get paid, you know, and, and right. he would put the gas in the van if we were in trouble. So Ward did that for me for several, um, several big long tours and got let me get my feet wet and sort of start to kind of grassroots build my audience, which is still kind of my same audience. And they're still kind of the same size audience. <laughs> yeah, I found my fans, you know? So. Right. Well, and you, you've had such a, you've put out so many records, you know, not, not only your solo records, but then you're, you've, you've been in all these collaborative projects, you know, like, uh, like, like you have a, a recent one out uh, solstice, was uh you know with with luther dickinson and sisters of the strawberry moon that's a record that came out in 2019 and the, that's that's not a amy levere solo record but uh it's one of many side projects you also have the motel mirrors a, uh, another band you're in I, I, you work a lot i mean you you have a tremendous uh rate of, of production well, I'm really fun, you know. People like to hang out with me. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, that record, that Sisters of the Strawberry Moon. That was, um, you know, we were we were gonna we were gonna tour that record um, a little bit, and everybody was taking. You know, we're all so busy. It was just really hard for us to get our schedules to sort of align to be able to try to actually tour it, and then you know, 
and then COVID. Right, so that, right. That didn't happen and probably never will. Everybody's really moved on fr- from it. But it was a, that was a fun group of gals. And as was The Wandering, which was another all girl with Luther project that he put together. Uh huh. And and did you record those uh, both at at the uh, at the 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 uh, zebra ranch? Zebra ranch. Where, uh, yes, the zebra ranch. The, the Dickinson uh, barn based uh, uh, recording studio on their property in North Mississippi. There. Yes, the boys' club. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of the boys' club. So, how long have you been married? Uh, Will and I in November will have been married uh, seven years. Yeah, nice. yeah, the seven-year itch, right? Yeah, well, yeah. that's what they say. That's what they say. But you've been together I, longer than seven years. Um, not quite a year before we got married. We really? we met on the road. Yeah, we were. Um, Shannon McNally, who was one of the artists, who actually she lived in New Orleans for quite a while, right? Yes, yes, um, she did. Yeah, she was one of the women that uh, Luther had on the Wandering Project, and we kind of hit it off and uh, decided to do this tour together. Because we kind of figured we we had a similar demographic of, of fans that we could you know get them get them all in the same place and mm-hmm. sort of help each other out. It's her. It was her. So really, Amy, really let me idea. ask you a question, Amy. You yeah. know, I always ask this to our female uh, musicians who are our guests. Let's hear it, uh, Manny. Uh, well, what is um, for a female rocker or musician? What is sex, drugs, and rock and roll like for a female? Very, very important. Is it? Yes. So, I mean, do you have groupies? I do mean, I- you go on tour, <laughs> you've got guys, you know, and you who want to give you drugs and want to take you back to the hotel? Yeah, totally. But um, actually, since Will and I have been touring together as a duo, it it's, happens a lot less. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> I, I would hope so. But I mean, in your more younger independent days when you were rocking with your bands, you know, um, uh, how, uh, how how important was it for you? Was it that important? I mean, did you, would you be playing a gig and see a guy in the audience and say, huh, I, I could do that? Well, I, you know, sure. But there was long stretches where I dated the drummer. Um, so that that hindered some things like that. And okay. then um, and the drummer never gets anything because he's, he's, he's always loading his equipment. Well, that and he was always really cranky. So. Yeah. <laughs> but but the uh, but as far as drugs go, yeah, what, I have some very funny stories about that. But uh, yeah, and then sex is just important for everyone, right? And yeah, well, that's yeah, and rock and roll, obviously, right? Yeah, right. and but you know, you always you know because such a male dominated thing, you always hear about all the groupies backstage with the with the <laughs> rock stars and stuff but you don't see it much with the women when you when you see stories about women rockers it's you know it's like you know it's like the rose or well i was going to say i think i think i kind of i i think i've kind of always drawn um more of the the rose and the nice bottle of wine kind of kind of the romantic types cool nice nice <laughs> and you have a van so it's easy well, there's lots of seats in it, but yeah, well, it's easy to dump the body. Too. Right, it's right, easy to right, dump right, the right. body. That's right. Well, how how did you find Will? That's a question I don't know the answer to. But I'm, I'm yeah, so um, Shannon Shannon wanted to bring this guitar player named Will Sexton from Austin, and I wanted to bring my band that knew all my songs, and so um, 
we thought actually the tour didn't happen because Will Sexton was a whole $50 more a day than the guitar player I wanted to bring. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, we had, it almost didn't happen. We fought so hard about it. And so I was on tour and um, I left the band with my drummer and he and I flew to meet her in Boulder, Colorado was where the tour was starting. And, and she had Will, she had won. And uh, yeah, so I first met Will in Boulder and, we just, you know, rehearsed and he knew every nuance of every song of mine from the recordings I'd sent him, nice. which just kind of blew my mind. You know, he was super prepared and super sweet. And at the time we were the only two smokers. And, uh, so, you know, we, we bonded out the backstage door uh-huh. you know, for this month long tour and, uh, basically, but we both were in other relationships. So when we, when we got back home, you know, it, it was like, and we were good. We were super good, by the way. Mm-hmm. We didn't, uh, nothing crazy happened. But right. then he he had gotten free and I had gotten free and he came to have lunch with me on his way back from New York to uh, to Austin and stopped in Memphis and had lunch. And it was like, we, we both professed our crush and that was it. Then we had this long distance relationship for a little while. And then he, sh- you know, shook the loose ends and, and made his way up to Memphis to be with me and not not six months later, I think we got married. Wow. Whirlwind romance. I like it. I well, you know, it. Will owes me 50 bucks. <laughs> Better tell him that. <laughs> he owes me 50 bucks. Oh, well. Well, Manny, this, this seems like a, a good little spot to take a break, don't you think? Yes. We always take a break right around now, Amy. And uh, so I'm going to get yourself another libation. And Renee, you can rinse your mouth. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll go do that. All right. See you in a bit. I've been listening to it rain for days But now the storm's giving up its fight High alone at home so long I'll put the window on the town tonight And ride my bike around this cried out city And the streets stand The lonely sound is like the end of the record Started with that So if I'm getting a thrill from the street bars And the candy-colored jukebox light And this mystery boy rides home with me Ring, ring goes the bell on my bike Damn these rules we carved in stone I wanna bust them into pieces on the dance floor And we're back, back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman, back with our guest, Miss Amy LeVere. Now, uh, Amy, uh, I know you have uh, listened to the, the podcast a lot, so you're probably familiar with this terrific product. But, uh, but Manny, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell everybody else about this great product. Amy, you know about the Velo Bar. 
You've heard about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a healthy protein bar that'll fill you up and it'll calm you down. Tastes great. Has 25 milligrams of CBD per bar. Perfect dose to take the edge off whatever you're dealing with right now. And who doesn't need stress relief right now? Everybody's freaking out. The Velo Bar is a plant-based protein bar made up of superfood ingredients like pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, chia seeds. It's great after a workout. It's great for breakfast. It's just great. And it comes in two great flavors, dark chocolate and peanut butter. And most importantly, it has 25 milligrams of CBD per bar. And if you go, Amy, to VeloBarCBD.com, Take an order and use our Troubled Men 1-5 discount code. You'll get 15% off your order and free shipping. Shipping is free, Amy. I'm writing it down right now. Yeah, VeloBarCBD.com. This is a great bar. You know, and people are into micro-dosing and stuff, so you can maybe eat like a couple bites in the morning, a couple bites in the afternoon, and then eat the whole rest of the bar in the evening. And it's a cool thing. And right now at VeloBar, Renee, uh, yes. there's also another product that we've been pushing, and that is the the cookie. Yes, they have a couple of a couple of uh, the of uh, yeah. versions of the the Delta Eight uh, THC, right? So, so they have the yeah THC Great Escape chocolate chip cookie, and now the Great Escape space cake. And uh, yeah. both of these are psychoactive. You have to be 21 or older, but uh, it's legal in 42 states. So, uh, you know, you can, you can uh, find the, the link to this in the show notes or, uh, you know, go. Or in VeloBarCBD.com, right. you can find the link to it also. And it's, it's pretty good deals because you could use a troubled cookie 1-5 code and get 15% off and free shipping. Right. Or troubled brownie one five is for the uh, the space cake. So yes, is oh okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, but it's it's all it's all available there for you at the CBD uh, VeloBarCBD.com. So check that out. Right on. Check it out. And as always, uh, you know, Troubled Nation, if you want to support the podcast directly, we have the the PayPal link right there in the in the show notes or the the links. And uh, more recently. You know, we we some some listeners had wanted to know how they could uh, you know support us on an, in an ongoing basis, and so we 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 went ahead and now we have the uh, Troubled Men Patreon uh, page. So it's you go to Patreon.com/slash/TroubledMen, uh, and we have several tiers of of uh, participation. You know, it's a it's a it's a monthly sort of thing you sign up for. because we produce four shows a month. Uh, you know, we have the first tier is the Troubled Listener tier for $5 a month. You can enjoy the frivolity with the Troubled Men and some of the most interesting personalities in New Orleans and beyond. And uh, for $10 a month, we have the Drinking Buddy tier. So that's uh, enjoy the frivolity and join us for a drink at, a, at our exclusive social haunt when, when that's all possible. And then we have the uh, Troubled Friend tier. Which is twenty dollars a month. Which, if you if you think about it, you know we produce four shows a month. It's only five five dollars a show. It's it's like cost of a of a uh, expensive cup of coffee there. And and uh, with the, with the troubled friend, you can enjoy the frivolity and maybe join us for a drink at our exclusive social haunt. 
and maybe we'll come mow your lawn. Not not making any promises, but uh, it's a possibility. So anyway, uh, check those out. Uh, the links to the Patreon page will be right there in the show notes and the uh, the Facebook page. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Join in with the uh, the troubled nation and and keep this whole thing going. Keep it moving forward. Okay, well uh, enough about that. So back to our terrific guest, Miss Amy Levere. So Amy, uh, we were we were saying that. Uh, you know, everything's been put on hold for the past year, but uh, right before the lockdown happened, you put out your, your latest uh, solo record, Painting Blue. And now this is a record that, that your husband, Will Sexton, produced and played all over. Fantastic record. <laughs> he did play all over it, didn't he? Yeah, well, he's, he's quite talented. He's, he's a very good bass player himself, great guitar player, great arranger, producer. Uh, he's been doing it since he's a, a wee lad, so uh, it's 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 got to be great to 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 be working so closely and 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 come out with something that's so personal. Yeah, I'm really I'm really happy with that record. I'm really happy the way it came out, and it was the first record that I I took a shot at at doing it independently and without the label. Okay, and um, that didn't work out so great. Um, turns out I'm a miserable administrator and um it really didn't see much of the light of day we, we were we had literally um just been on the road you know a week to tour the record when um we were up in new york and we had this gig in brooklyn and it was going to be on march 12th and it was the very day that they shut down the bars so we just kind of limped home and you know stopped in virginia because we heard there were no cases there and stocked up at like a sam's club some you know, we, we got the toilet paper and a big, big bag of beans. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> made our way back to Memphis, and um, here we've been stuck for you know most of this time. So yeah, the record unfortunately didn't really get to see see much, but um, I did I did uh, license it to um, Archer to help me release it in the UK, and that okay. it's done it's done a little better over there. So hopefully. Hopefully when we get back over there, um, I'm hoping by early next year, um, it can have a little, little second life breathed into it. Right. Well, well, Will had, uh, his own solo record, which is his first solo record. And, uh, I don't know how, you know, eight or nine yeah. years or something. I'm pretty sure you played all over that. Didn't you? I did. Yes. The iguanas <laughs> were his backing band. Uh, don't yes, walk the darkness, awesome. a, a, a fantastic record. And that was a, another record that we had big plans on going out and doing some dates, uh, together. And, and, uh, you know, again, that didn't happen either, but, but hopefully, you know, that sometime in the future we'll, we'll all be out there together and, you know, playing. yeah, same story. Yeah. It was a, it was such a bummer. Really it was awful, but you know, we, we we've been uh, we've been super productive musically this year anyway you know we 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 uh, fought through hating the live streams to doing them and kept them up pretty regularly just to i guess keep our chops up you know and keep sure. ourselves sane and we took it to the porch when it was pretty and entertained the neighbors and now we've been uh, doing these porch shows for other Memphis artists and we've got a bunch of regular folks that come out um, every week and see who we have playing and bring food and it's just been kind of a lifesaver for for us nice and yeah then, and then you cool. and then they have uh hernando's hideaway is uh is kind of uh has opened up there and, and the the famous hernando's hideaway you know a haunt of uh jerry lee lewis and and other 
other Memphis luminaries. I guess Dale Watson owns that now, and so so they've been putting on some gigs from there that I see Will and is is involved in. Yeah, we've just started playing playing there uh, periodically, and I mean the gigs are coming. We've I mean my calendar is just starting to fill up. I think we have something at least every other week popping up, and we're gonna we'll be out on the road all of August and September. So that's uh, that's getting filled up pretty quick too. So I'm super excited about that. Nice, and I saw that that uh, at some point. Uh, last year, you you know when when the music business was totally shut down, you uh, you're a very enterprising young lady, and you you came up with a uh, a non musical business venture. You had <laughs> you had the, the vegan chocolate lava uh, cakes. Uh, yeah, uh, right. So check it out. I I had been making this. Uh, I had invented this oat milk chocolate mousse. I took this. I took this plant-based cooking course online while during the, you know, shutdown, Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, just to hone my skill in the kitchen. And, um, I, so I invented this mousse that I thought was so good. I, I was sure I could make a million dollars with it. And, um, and then just by some weird full circle, there was a Liberty land ticket booth for sale. Wow. (laughs) On the Facebook marketplace, and it was just the cutest damn thing, and just the nostalgia overwhelmed me, and so we bought it, and I turned it into a little food truck thing where I've been selling, or I was anyway, selling, uh, you know, this chocolate mousse, and it turned into hot chocolate over the winter, and um, then everything just kind of got cold, and real cold, and and everything, everybody kind of went back in their houses for a while, you know, around the holidays, and so I shut it down, and last week was the first time I went out there and slung some hot chocolate on a cold night. Okay, and, um, it's it's fun. I like playing store, but yeah, um, I, it's labor intensive, and I never really made any money at it. So I, I think it's probably just going to be an art piece for a while. The little okay. trailer, the little chocolate trailer. Right. Well, it's worth a try. You never know what's going to work until you until you try it. You know. Yeah, I learned. You know, I learned a lot. Right. Right. Well, so I mentioned uh, in the introduction that uh, you're an actor as well, and I know you haven't done a ton of roles, but you have some cool roles. You were uh, you played Wanda Jackson in Walk the Line, the, the uh, Johnny Cash story. How, how did you wind up getting that role? Uh, well, there was this guy in town named David Merrill who was the assistant casting director for it, and at the time I had a regular weekly gig in town, and... I had a lot of rockabilly music in my repertoire. You know, it was one of those four-hour bar gigs where you mm-hmm. you don't you're not precious about it. So, I had some Wanda Jackson tunes that I would play, and um, he knew me, knew of me. And when they were casting for Wanda, of course, he called me up and said I needed to come audition. And it was super strange to walk in there and see you know eight other girls that looked exactly like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and- Who is Wanda Jackson? Come on, man. She's the queen of rockabilly. Oh, I don't know. Oh, she was so cool. Is she? She is so cool. Yeah, she's still rocking. Talk about uh, one of my favorite people you worked with, Jimbo Mathis. He's one of my favorite people, too. Yeah. Yeah, Jimbo, um, we're we're old buds. He he used to live in my neighborhood here in Memphis. And, um, yeah, we've been pals a long time. He's got one of the most soulful voices I mean, he's just a. If you've never go, if you've never seen Jimbo Mathis and you get a chance, go see him because he puts on a fantastic show and he never stays, he never stays static artistically. He's always doing something uh, new and wild and 
Um, and he yeah, kills he what he eats. That's what I like about him. He probably he kills shoots what he eats. What he eats <laughs> you know, well, he eats what well, he kills. Yeah, 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 yeah. He eats what he kills. Exactly. Right. And he, yeah. he was we. He was invited to come to New Orleans to uh, help uh, the rotent to kill the rotent population down here yeah. during the pandemic. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. it was a good job for him. <laughs> during the pandemic, the rats in the quarter had nothing to eat. They came out. Oh man! Thousands of them. Man. So I'll never eat in a French Quarter restaurant again. Yeah. You know they're they're real they're real sweet if you can if you can get them young and not to eat them I mean but you know they they can be quite tame. <laughs> yeah. Ask your eight cats that too. Yeah. Yeah. The cats. I, like I them. actually I had I had a pet rat when I was like in middle school and I had I, his name was Ozone and I wrote in like bubble letters on his little glass cage it said ozone's layer nice i had a heroin dealer friend of mine (laughs) a heroin dealer i knew in la had a pet rat yeah they're sweet it would play fast always asleep weird yeah mine was on the move he was really busy chewing up the carpet and stashing stuff in my box spring now did you get to meet joaquin phoenix i did get to meet joaquin phoenix he was a he was um I'm, He's a good guy. Yeah, I actually, my band got to play the rap party for Walk the Line. So, oh, cool! Yeah, it was super cool. And Joaquin Phoenix, uh, he shook a beer all over my band, um, <laughs> like he was really drunk and really enjoying the music. <laughs> and I had Willie Hall was playing drums. Um, Willie Hall, he was, you know, just old uh, old school classic memphis blues drummer play, you know he was in the movie the blues brothers he played drums in the blues brothers okay and he was a real character but um he had borrowed these drums from a music producer here named scott bomar who um plays the bokeys and anyway i'd borrowed these drums for willie hall because he didn't have any drums at the time oddly enough and uh, joaquin shook this beer all over the, the bandstand <laughs> and uh my guitar player, Jason Freeman, he just immediately stopped playing, cleaned his guitar, closed his case, and walked out the door. He was real pissed. <laughs> and then he called Scott Bomar and got me in trouble because he told Bomar that Joaquin Phoenix had just shook a beer all over the, the band. Uh, and um, and so, drum kit. Yeah, all over his drum kit. So the next thing you know, I'm like cleaning the drums and packing them myself because Willie Hall just wanted his money and he had to go. You know, So I'm packing the drums. And, uh, yeah, Scott Bomer showed up all pissed off. It's like, sorry, somebody puts a beer on my drum. Oh, <laughs> uh, It's Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Come on, Scott. Uh, yeah, but then Joaquin Phoenix got on his knees and begged forgiveness and uh, was begging me to go to an after party, which I declined. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. no thanks, dude. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a super fan of uh, his work. I really am. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, well, I knew his brother River uh, briefly for a while, and you know, and I, I'd known Joaquin briefly for a while too, and and um, you know, uh, he's a troubled soul. You know, his he saw his brother just die in front of him on the Sunset Strip. Ah, oh, jeez. So he's got problems. That guy. yeah. What was the name of that bar? Uh, the uh, Viper Room. Something Viper Room. Viper, Viper Room. room. Yeah, I yeah, Johnny Depp's Club. The Viper. Yeah, room. I played there once. Um, I played there a few early times, on, too. and the, my name on the marquee. They put my name. They they put 
Avril Lavigne. <laughs> oh no! They yeah, did? <laughs> yeah. And I, I was real, you know, kind of green and and very sheepishly said to the manager, I was like, "It's no big deal. It's no big deal." But my name's Amy. And um, next thing you know, he's just like screaming at the bartender about misspelling my name on the marquee. And I thought, like, having good, a good drink is more important to me than that marquee. Don't yell at the bartender on my behalf, you know. Right, like, right. Was 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 a manager named Sal? Lord, I would never remember. Yeah, right. yeah it was probably Sal. It was probably Sal. Yeah, because I knew the manager for a long yeah, time. Yeah, this could Sal. be 15 years ago, maybe. Oh, well, maybe not Sal. A- after your time, know. Manny. Yeah. After that, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. so uh, other movie business uh, uh, contacts you've had, Amy. I, I noticed that uh, you had a placement of a song in the the Ben Stiller version of Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, how cool was that? That was very cool. Take them or leave them. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't write the song, um, but uh, it was a Memphis songwriter. And actually, I have to give Christy Christy White Christy Witt now um, credit for that because. She gave me this old cassette of um, the band called the Randy Band. Do you remember them? Sure, Renee? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know the Randy yeah. Band. Yeah, she gave me this cassette from the Randy Band, and that was a song on that little cassette that I learned and had had put in my, you know, my repertoire there and, and ended up recording it. So, yeah, I have to thank her for that. That was a Farley Brothers movie. How did they wind up finding your song? It's still a total mystery. I have, I have no idea. Huh. I really don't know. They, you know, somebody contacted the label looking for the licensing on it. So, so I like that movie. I, I like the the original one with uh, Richard Benjamin was a classic. But then, uh, yeah, know. I didn't really care for the remake. Yeah, I thought me it was, neither. Uh, I thought it was lame. I thought <laughs> yeah. it was pretty bad. I did, I did too, Manny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was that great at all. For the Farrelly brothers too, because those guys are usually make me laugh, but they didn't make me laugh much at all in that film. I didn't mind that. But you know, they, they didn't just play like a second of the song. They, they played like half a minute of the song. That was they like, do that in their movies. They're going to give yeah. props to musicians. That's what they do. That's what I like mm-hmm. about that in many ways. If they're going to play a part of a song, they're going to play at least 30 to seconds to 45 seconds, maybe a minute of a song. They've done it in a lot of their films. Yeah. Every second counts. Yeah. Well, that, that's it because the audience is there and they say, Oh, well, I, I haven't heard that tune in a while. I've never heard that tune. I like that tune. Yeah, actually, that yeah. that it really, I really got a little traction from that. That was really, really kind of a little. Well, you know, speaking of movies, you know, everything mm-hmm. now is so um, PC, and everything's you know, theaters aren't open, so we have to watch everything on your TV now. And they made a uh, a remake of Space Jam, the Michael Jordan movie from the nineties. Really. And they made a remake of it now with LeBron James and all these uh, NBA stars. And they have the old characters from the original. They have Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd, all these, uh, all these people. But uh, apparently because of in the society we live today that they've already made the movie, but it's, it's going to be released next month. But they took out uh, the studio, took out uh, Pepe Le Pew. Oh, yeah, right. Did you hear about this? I know Pepe Le Pew has been getting some uh, some pushback because he's uh, the Me Too. They, yeah, because of the whole Me Too or whatever thing. And, he's too uh, Hollywood. sexually aggressive. He was a little handsy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know they, they, they cut his part out of the new Space Jam movie. 
and um, they they said that he normalized the rape culture in Hollywood <laughs> among he's skunks. a cartoon yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Among, among yeah, among and, and I remember I remember watching him as a kid. And thinking to myself, this guy's one of the biggest losers. Yeah, he's kind of a schmo. Like everybody rebuffs him. His none of his. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, it, it, it's gotten that bad that we have to like uh, uh, edit, cut out Pepe Le Pew, who is basically a loser with the ladies. Right. You know, he didn't even know uh, his own. Uh, you know, he was a skunk, and he's trying to hit on a cat. You know <laughs> that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I just don't get it after after a while. I just don't get They're it. They're you know, looking so for like, villains everywhere. Yeah, I mean, because what it comes down to is that you know we're living in a in an age of accusation and a need to condemn. Okay, you know, and that's basically what we're living in now, and uh, it, it's horrible. I really think it's a horrible. You can't say nothing, you can't do nothing, and. Uh, you know, we'll move on. I guess we'll just have to move on to the next uh, cartoon character who, uh, you know, maybe uh, <laughs> a ho- 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 what's that rooster? You know, ho- 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 yeah, ho- yeah. I mean, boy, you know, boy he used to say the word boy all the time. Right. Maybe that's going to have to be edited out, you know, because that's a reference to something, you know, son, son. I say son. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. He used to say boy and Yosemite Sam. You know, uh, he was a closet homosexual. Apparently, that's what I heard. Who knew? Who knew? Well, you know, it's a, well. He had a, he had one of those uh, village people mustaches. Apparently, okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 that kind uh, of stuff. Well, uh, I think know, that's so cool to, to each his own. To each his own. Um, well, so Amy, uh, you know, I know you guys are, are getting up bright and early to, to, to hustle down to Austin. Uh, Will is doing a session. Will is, is, is constantly working on recording sessions. So- yeah. I mean, lately I feel like I'm just like, I'm like, it's like he's going off to school every day and I'm packing his lunch. That's yeah. our life. He's just like constantly working lately, which has been fantastic for him. He's loving it so much. Right. So it's cool. You know, this, he's got... And he's just stretching out in all these different genres that are, you know, new to him. And he's just, I've never seen him happier, really. He's loving it. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I know early on, like in February, I I spoke to Will and he said, uh, this is right when the the vaccine was first available. He said, we're going down to St. Croix to get (laughs) vaccinated. I said, really? How is that happening? Because, well, there's a lot of Rastas in St. Croix and none of them are going to take the vaccine i guess for religious reasons or whatever but uh so so saint croix is going to have a lot of extra doses and you have friends down there so so that must have been wild you flew down there you were the first people i knew that got that vaccinated yeah well you know um maybe will mentioned when he did his podcast with you before you know will had a stroke he's got a blood disease and um so and he's just he's a fragile man anyway and so I've had him, I had him like a boy in the bubble around here. I was so terrified of him, you know, contracting COVID. It was just, right. it was, you know, it's really scary. Sure. So um, just out of nowhere, our friends from St. Croix who we met because we've been going over there playing a benefit for their animal shelter several times. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, we just got this phone call and our friend Randy, um, he was like, Hey, they just opened it up to the general public here because no, this is yeah February. No one's taking the vaccine. They you know they open it up at the health department and there's like nobody in line because it's 
it's not happening. So just come, come here and get the vaccine. And and they let you fly there. Yeah, it's a you know it's a U.S. territory, and where the flights had been you know six to eight hundred bucks, I looked it up and they were two hundred fifty bucks, and I wow. thought I can't. I can't rationalize out of not doing this because we didn't have anything, no work at the time. You know, was, there was just nothing going on. So we packed So are up. people dying in St. Croix, though? No, they didn't even, I mean, they had, they hardly had any cases at all. And um, the cases that they did have were pretty much refined to the refinery because there's a oil refinery that they're reopening. Like it, it's been dormant for a long time. So they've been bringing in all these Texas roughnecks to go and get this uh, monstrosity of a thing back up and running. And um, pretty much the cases were all just these Texas boys and they're living in like a compound. So they didn't, as a matter of fact, of all the people that we knew uh, personally on the Island, they did not personally know anyone that had had the, you know, the COVID. So, okay. and we, we just like, we double masked, we had face shields, glasses. I mean, <laughs> it was like we were yeah. wearing hoodies, gloves, multiple layers of gloves and uh, we got on that plane, and then we were just, you know, in heaven for three weeks and got the first shot the se- second day we were there and the last shot the day before we flew home. But we did have to have, you know, COVID tests um, before we left, and, um, you know, there was some rigmar- rigmarole to take the flight, but you couldn't get, even when you got off the plane, they had all these people in hazmat suits uh, mm. double-checking your information and checking your temperature, and you had to answer a questionnaire and stuff. So they were being really careful with who got on the island, which was which made us all feel pretty good. Right, right. So, so Amy, during all this this off time, you know, you're you're a very wry songwriter. You know, it's it's a you you have the the lovely uh, lilting soprano voice, and and you know, often that that the 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 wry dark humor in your songs is sort of hidden behind that are you are you have have, have you been uh working on new material or wh- where are you at with that well i will i'll tell you I, I really had a hard time with it for a while i mean i I've, I've never been so artistically dormant in my my life maybe um as i was through through most of this but i for my birthday on the 7th um, of April, I went into the studio, oh, just birthday. booked some studio time. Thank you. And uh, I recorded a few cover songs, um, just songs that I'd learned, songs that I'd love that I'd been playing, you know, doing the live streams. And cause I learned so many, I learned so many other songs during the pandemic, just really to fill out these live streams we were doing to keep them fresh. And, so I did that really just to sort of motivate myself, and it worked. It absolutely worked because I wrote half songs, lots of them, filled notebooks, but I just never really sat down and completed anything I was truly proud of this whole year. It's, I, oh, I hate even saying that, but it's true. But I'm re-inspired, and um, so I'm, I'm booking studio time just to start a record, just to, you know. I, you know, Alex Chilton told me one time he never wrote a song he didn't have to write. Yeah, and I think I, I think I've kind of felt like that this year. Like I just didn't have any kind of fire. I didn't have any fire. Yeah, it's it's hard to with this. You know, you don't know there. It's a it has no end in sight. Um, you you don't have anything to work towards. And yes, you're right about Alex. He would get a record deal and think, oh, I better write some songs. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, if he didn't have anything, he's like, you know, Alex's attitude was like, why work if you don't have to? <laughs> you know, <laughs> which which there's a lot of sense to that. I mean, I could I could argue the other side, but I, but I I I get that uh, 
you know, so, so yeah, you have proper motivation. You have, you know, somewhere to put them and, uh, yeah, I mean, I was like, I toiled and stressed for months about it in the beginning. And then I finally just sort of let myself take a break, you know, a real break. Yeah. And, and, um, and now I'm, now I'm feeling quite ready, very nice. ready nice. and not extremely excited about going back on the road and playing painting blue songs. You know what I mean? I, I want new songs to play. <laughs> okay. Cause that record is, you know, it's going to be almost two years old by the time I get out there now because right. of all well, you know, sometimes these records have a, a life that, that happens, you know, down the road, you know, who knows it's something could be, uh, you know, placed in a film or something, or, you know, who, who knows how, how these things are going to, going to pan out, you know, I hope you just manifested that Renee. Thank you. Well, I like to do that. You know, it's, 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 it's amazing how we've been able to do that with this podcast. You know, people come up <laughs> on the podcast, they get mentioned, uh, you know, randomly. And then, uh, within a few months they're on the podcast. So, uh, it can work awesome. like that. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping to come to new Orleans sometime real soon. I hope we can, I hope we can hang out. Uh, we'd love to see you. We'd love to, uh, you know, do a gig with you and Will. And uh, yes, there's there's more. You know, we've lost the Circle Bar. The Circle Bar is closed for good. But but uh, you know, there's so many outdoor venues have have opened up. Great places to play. And and then you know the clubs are they're not quite there uh, now, but they're we're moving in the right direction. So it's uh, that's good. Yes. His his chicky wawa. <laughs> stayed afloat um they they're not open they were we we did uh i was in there a couple of times to either tape something or or like do a live stream from there but uh you know it's it's still an ongoing concern and and uh so i'm, I'm sure they will be open at some point and uh well because people here uh are stupid so i mean <laughs> they're not getting their second shot they're thinking that okay we, we don't have to wear a mask anymore and it's all going to come back and bite them in the ass. I guarantee you. Well, hopefully not. I, I got my second shot. You got your second shot. So yeah, I know. But there are idiots out there, Renee. You know who I'm talking about. Well, who just don't believe it. I mean, right? if they would just understand that the shot, the only real side and it's effect, free. It's not costing them a right, dime. Right. Yeah. 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 It's true, yeah. and you're just going to have a, the the side of the main side effect of that of any of those shots is a spring in your step and a song in your heart. Well, yeah, it's I true. Like it. I, I like it, Amy. But it's basically uh, ignorant people and Trump supporters who are this way. Yes. I mean, and and right now the, the this state is like last now in the country getting shots. Do you know really? that they're last? Hmm. No. The last. The city is 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 pretty good. I mean, the the city. City's at thirty five percent. Is that all? Okay, well, that's it. That's it. Yeah, every the every everywhere we need to uh, to continue to to push on and and get this thing done. Hopefully, it shouldn't be a political issue. This is a public health issue. So, uh, you know. well, here here, you know, this problem is is that uh, America, this great empire that we thought we had, is is falling. It's crumbling down because. There is no more America. It's just left or right, a Republican or Democrat. It's so divided, and this is how all great empires fall. Yes, is because of division. Okay, you know, no, and no, that's the way it is. You're right. But let me ask you something, uh, Amy. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a question. Is, are we getting to the uh, to the Manny's Choice segment? Because we are kind of uh, on the downslope of the podcast here, Manny. I was going to say, uh, do, do you have? 
the your your new feature. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I like it. Thank you. Jeez, you know, thanks for interrupting, Amy. Uh, let me ask you a question. And also, let me tell you: tell your your husband Will to check out the HBO miniseries Mayor of Easttown. Okay. It's brilliant. It's about a murder in Pennsylvania, and a high school. A girl's high school star, basketball star, who made the winning shot, and now she's like the the sheriff of the town, and she's got to solve this murder. And it's brilliant. And I think Will and you would love it. It's it's really good. Okay, great. You know, he's in there watching Ghost right now. Do you remember Ghost? With Demi Moore? Yeah, with Demi Moore. He's moved on to Ghost. Oh, I got a Demi Moore story, but I don't want to tell it right now. He's sure, a bleeding sure. heart, that guy. It's a back of a He's BW. a sweet boy. <laughs> he is a sweet boy. Yes. Yeah. But listen, uh, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. If you, you, you could only do one thing, Amy, would you have to, would you super glue your eyes open or shut? Damn. You could only do one. Oh, man. That is really <laughs> tough. It is tough, man. Can I just do one of each? <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. If you want to have one eye glued shut, one eye glued wide open, I, I guess that'd know. work. Um, I think I would. I think I would glue them. I think I would glue them open. Because you could always put an eye mask on. To yeah, I think so. Yeah. I like it. And I'm really into gardening right now, and so I want to see what's going on. Are you growing heroin and pot? I'm not growing heroin in pot. Okay. Well, nope. what's, what's, your, what's your answer, Manny? What, what would you do in this, this situation? Yeah, Manny. Well, I, I've done it before. Okay. Which way did you go? I, I, I went uh, eyes wide open. Yes. Because um, I could always wear a mask to sleep, and um, uh, I think blinking's overrated. Okay. You know what is not overrated? What? Um, uh, Renee, I too had a dentist appointment this week. And um, because of the new COVID protocol, did they put this strange device in your mouth that sucks all of the – did they put a a strange thing in your mouth? Um, No, 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 they did not. Okay. Well, you know how you know how when you're having your teeth cleaned, there's like this little hook suction thing that they would just sort of lay somewhere right, in right, your mouth. Right. Well, now they have to put this like crazy thing that holds your whole like mouth agape and also sucks. This sucks. Hmm. It sucks. It fucking no, sucks. Renee had other, Renee had so other things put in his mouth. I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've but, had some strange things in my mouth, but not not that one. Um, but it makes it so that you can't swallow at all, and the whole time they're cleaning your teeth, that that it's it is not overrated swallowing. It is the most uncomfortable thing that I've had happen in my mouth. Okay, so swallowing years. is is uh, is not overrated. No, I agree it with that. It is not overrated. Right, right, it's right. miserable. Right. But my teeth are so slick right Nice, now. nice, nice. Yeah, yes, I love uh, it. Yeah, apparently the, there's a big rush of uh, people going to the hygienist who have put off uh, getting their teeth cleaned this whole year. My, my hygienist said, yes, uh, she's booked till until August, just like uh, like the clubs or something. You know, everybody's... Yeah, I've, I've actually never, ever, ever, I've never had a cavity. So for me, it's usually quite relaxing to go get my teeth cleaned. I've always enjoyed it. 
I like nice. the dentist. Nice, nice. So suck or swallow, mm-hmm. right? That's uh, that's the thing. Yeah. Okay. You want to? Yeah, you want to be able to swallow. Right. Well, so uh, Amy, any closing uh, uh, thoughts or uh, projections before we before we sign off here? Well, I guess I just want to wish everybody well, and thanks for having me on your really You've super been fun podcast. Uh, it's so you're fun. You're really fabulous. Thank you, you so guys are much. fabulous. Uh, I'm I'm a really big big fan, and I mean I'm such a big fan that I've written down Velo Bar like. 10 times this year. Okay, <laughs> nice. I nice. haven't gotten so far as to order it yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm inspired and I'm going to do it right now. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, trouble nation, you know, if, uh, if you're enjoying the show as much as Amy is, uh, you know, please subscribe to the show on, you know, whatever platform you listen to us, uh, uh, find that, that Patreon page, patreon.com slash troubled men and, uh, you know, support the podcast and we can all do this together. All right, Manny. Cool. Uh, so uh, you want to go ahead and sign off, Manny? Yeah. Uh, trouble Nation. Uh, trouble never ends, but the struggle continues. Yes, it does. Good night. Thank you, Amy. Good night, fellas. Good night, you guys Amy. are fabulous. All right. Bye. 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 If you don't hear the train.